Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me today, straight from the green, the driving, chipping, and putting machine, Johnny O. <laughs> wow, that was tremendous. Um, yeah, I am. I, I, I am just straight, straight from golf. Uh, I told Zach, you know, the the gym teacher and I have a standing golf date Friday at 430 to start our weekend off right. Our listeners Um, know all about it. Do they? Okay, good. Um, I played pretty well. Could could have played better, but uh, hit hit some good shots. You know, holes in one today. No holes in one. No birdies even, but lots of pars. You know, John, the good thing about an audio format is I'm not telling you to lie to our listeners, but you can embellish a little bit and no one can check you on it. <laughs> if this was a video format and people saw us, could it, I still lie to them? <laughs> well, they wouldn't be seeing you make the shot, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I thought you were going to say it's too bad it's an audio format because my cat Percy is loving the camera right now. Yeah, Percy is being a little cutie. Yep. He's um, scratching on yeah. the mic. So how have you been? How's your week been? Um, So in the spirit of us being the top comic book sports podcast. Um, yeah. I had yeah. a very. And, and, and the top sports comic book podcast. Yeah. It goes both ways. It does. It goes both ways. I had a very Indianapolis Colts week. So yesterday I was. I go on. um walks in downtown indianapolis during my lunch break most days if it's nice i'll like sit down cute. in the park and too cute read a chapter of a book and <laughs> zach you are living in a tv show <laughs> you think <laughs> that, that's amazing okay what what else am i gonna love hopefully one of these days it doesn't become criminal minds but anyways i was walking back to my office in the park uh yesterday and I saw a bunch of people lined up at a food truck, and I'm like, oh, what's this? And I walk up to it, and I can tell it's Carson Wentz's food truck, Thy Kingdom Crumb. And I walk past the window. <laughs> Wait a second. Have you never heard Carson of that? Carson Wentz has a food truck named Thy Kingdom Crumb? Yeah, he uh, he started it when he was here. Awful. That is just terrible. Well, it gives out free food. Like, so is he in there? Yes, it's like his ministry. I walked by the window and he was working the window, handing out free food to people who were hungry. I'm just, I'm sorry. Like, this is such a stupid joke, but this just like crossed my mind. Obviously, that's awesome. He's like giving out free food, whatever. I don't like Carson Wentz, but, but that's obviously objectively awesome thing to do. But it'd be funny if you walked up to him and just said something about how, like, Shouldn't you be like on a football team right now? Aren't you guys gearing up for the season to start or or just something mean? You know, (laughs) that's what my dad said when I told him, he's like, isn't he in a training camp right now? And I'm like, no, he's not on a team. (laughs) I, I posted this on the Colts subreddit. I was like, you know what? It made me respect him so much more that. I mean, clearly listeners, you can see how John reacted to just the mention of Carson Wentz. I was like, Man, everyone in our city is always dunking on this guy, and he's still choosing to live here and spend it's his true. time and money 
feeding people on the street. I just thought that That's was cool. True. It, it is. And it's because that tells you how badly he'd get treated in Philadelphia if he went back there. <laughs> or Washington. <laughs> or Washington. I maybe saw you said a tweet about running, not running into somebody else who was around Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah. And- so I thought it was so cool that I ran into Carson Wentz on my lunch break because how often did you talk to him at all? I didn't. I saw him just working the window and I had to get back to my office. Didn't go and get some food. I, I think it was more like for people who needed it more than me. Oh, oh yeah. You said he's giving, it's not like a food truck that he's selling food at. I mean, I'm sure they would have given me food, but I had lunch back (laughs) at my desk. It just didn't feel right. Um, yeah, so I thought that was so cool all day, and then uh, I was just scrolling on Instagram in bed, you know, when I got home that night, and I saw that Peyton Manning was at the construction site at the hospital two blocks from my building the other way. He was like, you know, just just checking in on how his new oh, wing is man. is getting built. It's like if so, I had walked a different direction at the same time, I, I could have ran into that's, Peyton Manning instead. That's like, okay, that's what I was about to ask is, do you walk in both directions or do you do the same thing every day? Not generally. I usually just go to that park. I'll go to different that, parts of it, but I, I never walk towards yeah. the hospital construction zone. <laughs> that's like the biggest, um, like... Getting Carson Wentz when if you had turned the other way, you got Peyton Manning is like the the biggest juxtaposition of of things you could possibly have. And until I knew that that was like the choice I was faced with, I was so happy seeing Carson Wentz. I thought that was the coolest. And then all of a sudden yeah, it wasn't. He's the coolest. So the other thing, yeah. I said it's been a very Indianapolis Colts week. So that was yesterday. Mm. Today. I was lucky enough through my work to get to go to the Colts kickoff luncheon, which I'd never been to before. It's like, Ooh. just a, just a little lunch party that the team puts on for like their business partners. Yeah. And okay. so players sit at every table and Ursay spoke, Ballard spoke, Steichen spoke. And <laughs> This is way cooler than running into Carson Wentz, by the I, way. I know, but I just think it's funny that they happened like back to back days. I'm going to send you this picture of who was seated right behind me, like back to back with me. Yeah, so you were all at tables. Who was at your table? Nick Cross. I don't. I don't think I know who that is, but it's still very cool. But are are you about? Am I about to get a picture of Anthony Richardson right next to you? Uh, it's not is, Anthony Richardson, but it's someone else. Very cool. Is that Darius Leonard? That's Shaquille Leonard. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, Shaquille Leonard. It's fine. Oh, nice. Oh my gosh, dude, that is it, awesome. Chris Ballard called him Darius Leonard twice during the program, and his table kind of snickered because I'm guessing he reacted to it. Like, come on, boss, that's not my name anymore. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, yeah. man, that's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. What have you got? How How's your week been? Well, I, I know maybe I, I briefly mentioned that these past couple of days, it's, it's been kind of a rough one. So, so I'll let you know why. Not, not like truly rough, but, you know, we can laugh about it. So, um, 
So I had to go get this tooth pulled, Zach, and it was a nightmare. It took like two hours, and Zach, it's two days later, and my mouth is still very numb. I'm like definitely certain that I they damaged a nerve, which wasn't oh, which was which was a risk. They told me, you know, that could happen. Um, you know, I signed the waiver and uh and they did tell me it was gonna be a really tough extraction because of how the tooth was and, and uh so hopefully it goes away, you know, but but right now my my right side, like from from my lip to like the bottom of my chin is it's just such a weird feeling. <laughs> So you heard it here, folks. Uh, John got a tooth pulled and hurts it hurt his nerve. And I was eating steak with my favorite NFL team. There you go. There you go. So we both had good weeks. A tale I of think. two weeks. <laughs> That's Zach. If that isn't the Carson Wentz to Peyton Manning type of weeks, I don't know what is. <laughs> that was great. Um. I don't think we can top that. Are, do you got anything else or do we, no, do we want to? I don't, I don't have anything else. Send it into the better business. Get into it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say two things real quick. We are truly trying to cut down on how much we talk in these intros because I'm I realized. Not, I'm not. I don't, I don't think so. I, no. I am. I am. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll edit him out if I have to, folks. <laughs> um, I, I realized we had a a creep like a, a it just kept getting longer and longer it kept creeping up on us the first few episodes it was like four to five minutes and then it got to like 20 minutes this leads me into my second point <laughs> listeners if you are like we, man i love this show but these guys are just so unorganized i wish i could just listen to the issues now you can because i went back manually to all of our old episodes and I figured out exactly where we start covering the issues. And I've put that in the episode descriptions. And we're going to have that wow. moving forward as well. Wow. That is so that is so thoughtful of you for people that that just want to hear the issues, but they don't care about our personalities at all. That's great. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. All right, and we're back. So, John, because it's been a minute... Since we've mm-hmm. actually been like kind of in current continuity yeah, in the main series, been. we had we had some like side issues, we had some yep. flashback issues, we had Ultimate Six. I'm going to read the uh, previously on that's provided to us on the first page of this issue. Okay, so, so this is issue forty. This is Ultimate Spider-Man issue forty-seven. Written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Art Taber, colored by Transparency Digital, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. It says, previously... Yeah, Zach, I- real quick, what's this issue called? This is another one where I think they messed up the name. We've got him! We've got him, folks! I don't know why so- this keeps sorry, happening. Sorry, audio, uh, you know, Zach, you might have to turn me down for that one. I was just too excited. <laughs> put in, Put in the alarm. 
because we got them. Because on the cover, it does say that it's clearly titled Suspended. But then when we go to that cover page, the actual title of the issue is Men of Influence. I don't know who keeps dropping the ball on this. They've been doing that for like a year now. And, and you know, I wonder if it's a Marvel Unlimited app thing or if we no. got our hands on this comic, if it would be mistitled. Mis, uh, All Marvel Unlimited does is make scan a high quality scan of the yeah. pages that already existed. So we pretty funny how it keeps working out like that. Yep. But anyways previously on ultimate spider-man spider-man's first real victory as a superhero came when he defeated the notorious kingpin of crime and his enforcers montana fancy dan and ox spidey broke into kingpin's tower and found security camera footage of kingpin murdering one of his underlings spidey then snuck the tape to the newspaper he works at the daily bugle when the story broke, the kingpin was forced to leave the country to avoid arrest. And and it is, I do think that they did a good job of like throwing in that ultimate six in between like a couple issues because, you know, you can, we talked about it, but they probably wrote that Sandman one just so they could turn it into ultimate six. But then in ultimate six, you know, they tricked me because I thought Kingpin might actually show up, but all they really did was throw in one scene where they were like, hey, there's some food in Kingpin's fridge. Like, maybe he's coming back soon. And then the very next issue, he's like back. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Need, I don't even think they realized he was coming back. But, it, you know, they did say that this guy has a lot of junk food in his fridge. And it's like, yeah, why would I why thought would that fridge that be stocked? Well, I thought that I thought they probably threw in that one line just so they could be like, now when we bring Kingpin back, it'll 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 be like, oh yeah, he was back. Maybe I think Bendis and editorial meant that by it. Yeah. I don't think the villains in the universe picked up on the fact that someone had been there. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I that's what I meant. Yeah, but it was very Goldilocks and the Three Bears kind of thing. It's yeah. like. Hey, someone's been sleeping in this bed. Someone's been sleeping in Kingpin's bed and eating all of his food. <laughs> all right. So we open on Spidey swinging around Manhattan, thinking to himself that he shouldn't have gone to all the trouble of going out because he hasn't seen a crime yet. And of course, just then when he's thinking that he hears a loud bang and decides to check it out. And we see in a dark room somewhere, Wilson Fisk's enforcers are standing over people playing cards at a table. This is uh, Ox, Montana, and Fancy Dan. And mm -hmm. Fancy Dan is holding a smoking gun. You, you, I feel like longtime listeners will remember these guys. And they'll also remember, Zach, that you do a voice whenever you talk as Fancy Dan. Or at least I remember that. So, So Dan <laughs> tells one of the men at the table. That better not be Mr. Fisk's money you're gambling with there, Julio. Perfect. <laughs> and Julio basically says he thought he didn't owe Kingpin the money anymore since he fled the country. And he says he doesn't have the money and he ain't paying. And Dan says, well, which is it? You don't have it or you ain't paying? Either way, tale as old as time. And then Ox, who's the big guy, of course chimes in with a 
Beauty and the Beast. Before shyly saying, I thought that's where you were going with that. And John, did that just feel kind of forced to you? Felt very strange to me. Isn't there something else where they they do say tale? I mean, that is the song, right? Tale as old as time, beauty and the beast. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think that's where Fancy Dan was going. I wouldn't have got that. (laughs) I don't think it's a joke that that character would have made. I feel like that's something Spider-Man would have said. And this is a criticism people have of Bendis' writing is he will write every character in a book with the same voice. And I feel like right huh. here, this was an example of Ox having Spidey's voice and it not he He can, he can like show tunes and Disney. You know? <sighs> it just feels... I don't know. It's silly. <laughs> I'm going to move on. So they kind of move past it. Dan tells Julio, either way, he's about to become a cautionary tale. And he aims his gun at Julio's face. But before he can shoot it, he gets his hand encased in webbing. And Spider-Man jumps on the card table and says, Always with the guns. You know what they say? The gun is just a substitute for... For what? He he trails off. I don't know, John. (laughs) What do you think a gun is a substitute for? And the other gangsters all pull out pistols and start shooting at Spidey. And he starts jumping and dodging the shots, but Ox grabs him by the ankle and throws him through some wooden crates. And Spider-Man quips that he doesn't know how these guys are in jail. And How these guys aren't in jail. Yes. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how you guys aren't in jail right now. He says yeah. that a lot. He says it like three times or something in a very short span. Um, and Montana tries to hit Spidey with his whip, but he accidentally hits Fancy Dan just as Dan is trying a second time to execute Julio. He goes, what, what, Spider-Man does have a couple good lines in this. The the very first one is, you know, he shows up and and he goes, oh, hey, I know you guys. You're the Kingpin's surprisingly ineffectual muscle. (laughs) And that's just pretty good. And then he says... He says, if I knew it was you tools, I would have had a much funnier entrance. Can we do another take? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's the guys that were going to knock over McDonald's. That's right. That is what they were talking about. Yeah. I always will associate that with them now. Spider-Man jumps into the darkness of the rafters at the top of the building. And all of the goons below him are talking about how they can hear sirens coming and they know the cops are on their way. And Dan tells Julio he's a dead man. And Spidey drops a thick net of webbing on the goons, sealing them in place. And later we see the enforcers standing in front of an angry kingpin in his penthouse, explaining what happened to him. And... Kingpin's attorney is also there, and he tells the enforcers... Okay, so before before we go any further in this conversation, did anything like... I know we're about to get to it with the Kingpin conversation, but even before this happened, were you thinking like, why did they fire off that first shot? Spider-Man wouldn't have been able to find them if they didn't just random, you know... 
Spider-Man only knew that they were there because they like randomly fired a shot in the air just to like intimidate or something. He just walked into to a room where guys were playing cards and, and shot like, one shot off to get the attention on to him, make so. an entrance. Yeah, and then Spider-Man showed up. Look, they're called the Enforcers, <laughs> not the Bright Thinkers. <laughs> True, and I think they're about to they're about to get it. I think Kingpin's thinking the same thing. Yeah. So they're they're in front of Kingpin. They have to answer for themselves. His attorney is there too. And the attorney tells the enforcers they're lucky. Julio was smart enough not to press charges. And the lawyer was able to sweep everything else under the rug. And he says, but you did not come back with the 1.2 mil. And you made a spectacle of yourselves when the orders were to lay low. And Montana says, no, yeah, we we were laying low. It was that Spider-Man. And then Wilson Fisk speaks for the first time and he yells shooting off guns in the middle of the night as he smashes a coffee table next to him with one hand. Do you do you do this in like Vincent D'Onofrio's voice? I mean, I can't think of the kingpin any other way now. Okay, me, me neither. I mean, I and I love it. I can see him doing this. Yeah. You know, he just like explodes and breaks the table and yells at him. It's great. Very kingpin. Love it. Uh, Fisk tells them to leave. It's like one of those get out of my sight, you know, moments. And uh, he continues talking to the lawyer. And the kingpin is frustrated that Spider-Man has cost him millions of dollars and months of his life spent in hiding. But he says he knows Spidey is just a kid, and the people he hates even more than him are the politicians that Kingpin had to bribe with millions of dollars to make his charges go away. And the lawyer says, I have an idea that concerns one of our political interests. It won't get your money back, but it could dot dot dot. And so we don't get to see what he's saying right there. But John, what do you think? Do you buy the fact that he would say, I don't blame Spider-Man as much as I blame these crooked politicians who I have to pay? That just seemed weird to me. Okay, so I was thinking that that seemed when he said that, I was like, oh, you know, that is what he would actually care about, because think you're this like big crime boss that has paid off the police the newspapers all the politicians so if you ever do anything wrong they can just sweep it under the rug and then the time comes for them to like pay the piper and they throw him in jail like that is probably who he'd be mad at you know well it's not that he's mad at the people who were already on his payroll that turned on him it's that he's mad at these politicians who he is successfully bribing now in the present tense. It just doesn't make sense to me. At oh, least that's how I, I read I, I, it. I must have misread that. Yeah. And I must have misread it. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Seems like a just like a necessary plot device, but it doesn't make sense for the character to me. Yeah. Anyways, the scene changes. And 
uh, we see a campaign commercial that rails against Spider-Man and other vigilantes that ends with vote for Sam Bullet for district attorney. And so is this guy important? Who is he? Is he a is he a person in the comics that we would know for any reason? Well, yeah, he's Sam Bullet. He's running for district attorney. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't and, know if he was like Magneto's son in another universe or something. I don't know how every, everyone's <laughs> got a gimmick. So it's like... No, he's not one of Magneto's kids. Okay. That is a fair assumption, though. He he sometimes has a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> we see Kingpin's lawyer and Sam Bullet talking to J. Jonah Jameson, who they just pitched the video to. And Jameson loves it and is ready to endorse Sam and give him a humanizing article in the Daily Bugle. But Robbie is in the room and is trying to talk Jonah down from the decision. Um, but we see Jonah is sold on Sam Bullet and his campaign against Spider-Man. He kind of found the one hot button issue that J. Jonah Jameson will will be excited for every single time. Just hating Spider-Man. And Peter starts to walk into the boardroom and overhears the conversation. But Jonah sees him and tells him to get out. And later, Peter is sulking on the floor of his basement. And Mary Jane comes in and hands him a list she came up with of all the people who know he's Spider-Man. And her point in doing this is that way too many people know and she thinks it's going to come back to bite him. And Peter asks what she expects him to do with that list. Kill them? Which I thought was pretty funny. Because <laughs> uh, he's right, you know? It's like, there's no good in making that list, really. Yeah. Um, and I Peter, think that there's some good in making that list. Just so you have everyone in one place, you know? Okay, this is everyone. Right, and then we leave it lying around and have aunt may ask you why there's a list that says like nick fury norman osborne <laughs> there's a list that says this is everyone who knows my boyfriend peter parker is spider-man <laughs> signed dated and notarized and peter tells her he just found out about sam bullet's campaign against him and that's really bothering him he says the people who know he's spider-man is yesterday's problem this guy who's running for DA is today's problem. And I'm going to read these panels. I just, I thought the list was interesting. Peter says, so what did you do? Let's see here. Well, Norman Osborn and Doc Ock are in jail. Harry is, I don't know where. Plus all three of them are goofy loons. So really no one even cares what Meshuggas they say. Michigan. 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 I didn't know it's it. Yiddish. Y yeah. <laughs> Mary Jane says, Michigan's. I don't, I, I don't and, even know that and, she says it. And Peter says it's Yiddish. And she says, where do you know Yiddish all of a sudden? And she's, he says, I picked it up. And she says, you should put it back. I if mentioned, you've ever watched any Curb Your Enthusiasm, you've probably heard some words like that. Sometimes they'll throw out words like that. That's why I don't know it. Um... I just think that's notable because Bendis has said multiple times, and he's not the only writer, but uh, he believes Peter Parker's Jewish, and he wrote him as Jewish. But it's never it's never 
explicit. It's never like a big deal in any run that I know of. I like it. But a lot of a lot of writers just casually write Peter Parker as if he's Jewish. Oh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought that was funny because that's the, here we have like kind of textual closest thing to confirmation I've ever found for that. And yeah, I like it. Or maybe he's just watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Maybe, but I don't think that's the implication here, because Bendis yeah. has told us as much. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's a fun fact. It is a fun fact. And then Peter continues, and he says, and these guys, Nick Fury, the Ultimates, Captain America, the X-Men, these are all superheroes. So there's like an unwritten thing, a professional courtesy. So he's kind of got it all figured out that there is this long list of people who know he's Spider-Man. But he has kind of an excuse for why he doesn't have to worry about any of them too bad. Uh, Mary Jane says it's too many people. And Peter snaps at her and yells, I know. And MJ gets up and says, OK, I'm going home. Did, did you actually look at this list and what she has written on it? Oh, like what the list, the drawn list says? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Okay, well, I'm just now reading it, and there's two things that kind of annoy me, and here's what they are. She says, rest O the Ultimates, and then she says, all O the X-Men. You know how people will sometimes say O instead of just writing of? Yes. Why would she do that, Zach? Well, she also... It's more, it's more work. She had to put the dashes in there and everything around the O. That is dumb, but she also wrote Logan, Wasp, and Captain America. She could have just saved so much space by writing Ultimates. And Ultimates X-Men. And X-Men. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, well, she's doing her best. That's fine. Mary also... Can do no wrong. She says Kurt Connors, which is interesting because... Peter deleted that email that he was <gasps> writing and Kurt Connor said, I'll keep your secret for you keeping mine. Okay. Do you want to say it or should I? He didn't keep the secret. He told we, Mary we Jane. Got, we got him, Zach. <laughs> no. Well, that or we got him. <laughs> either, Probably he just told Mary Jane. Either Peter was dishonest with Kurt Connors or this is an error. Yeah. So Peter just snapped at MJ. She says, I'm going home. And Peter tells her he's sorry he yelled and he didn't do it on purpose. And Mary Jane says, a politician, huh? I don't know who this dude is or anything, but you know, someone's always paying their bills. What do they call it? Campaign contributions and stuff. Someone's pulling the strings. And Peter says, that's not totally insane, but who would do that? And Mary Jane says, good question. Huh. Oh, look at this. I have a list right here. And throws her paper back at Peter. I think that was my favorite moment of this it was issue. Incredible. I know it was. It was a really she good had one. so much swag right there. She <laughs> stole the scene. That's what I said. I said, uh, here, what did I, what did I write here? I said, I said, hi, MJ totally manipulates Peter into reading her list. <laughs> <laughs> she showed him. And uh, later, Peter is in costume looking at a billboard that shows him fighting Doc Ock and says, take back our city. And it's presumably one of Sam Bullitt's ads. 
and a woman on the ground below sees Peter, freaks out, calls him a mutant, and throws a bottle at him. Specifically a Snapple bottle. And Peter calmly catches it and sets it down and swings away as he says, Nice lady, real nice. I want you to note the following, okay? I didn't try to hurt you. I'm not the one who threw something at you. And I didn't call you any names even though you wore that hat out in public. Because she's wearing a pretty dumb hat. <laughs> it looks like what, um, Rabbit? Scarecrow. A scarecrow hat. I was going to say it looks like what Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh wears when he's out tending to his carrots. But yeah, it's a it's a scarecrow hat. Um, Later at the Daily Bugle, Peter sees the headline that everyone is working on. Kingpin cleared. Questionable evidence deemed inadmissible. And Peter starts freaking out internally over the injustice that he's publicly hated, but the kingpin is free despite a video of him killing someone. And he overhears Robbie and Jonah arguing about endorsing Sam Bullet, And he interjects to ask why Jonah is worried about going after Spider-Man instead of the man who just got away with murder. And Jonah kind of pauses for a second and just looks at Peter, kind of dumbfounded. And then he screams at him. Who are you? What are you doing here? Why do I hear your voice? Out! I want you out. This isn't a place for kids. You're fired! And Peter looks shocked as the newsroom stares at him. And the last panel we see is of Peter standing hunched and dejected in front of the front page that reads, Kingpin cleared. What do wow. we think? Um, okay, before we get into it, I want to draw your attention to one panel specifically. Not not for any like majorly important reason, except I think it's kind of drawn interestingly. Okay, so it's it's on that page that you just read where Peter gets fired. Not the very last page, but the one before that. And okay. Jonah, Peter is standing between Jonah and what's the other guy's name? Robbie. Robbie. And Jonah's yelling and every time I do, sales go up, and up is bolded, and ad revenue goes up, and uh, and and Peter is interjecting in this panel, and he's raising his finger up like he's interjecting, you know. But it happens to be kind of perfectly to where you're not a hundred percent sure if that's not J. Jonah Jameson's finger, and he's saying, you know, every time I do, sales go up. So I don't know. I, I kind of just thought it was. It was like drawn interestingly. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure if there's, you know, Bendis had to put that in on purpose that Peter's putting his finger up, you know, as Jonah's saying, like it goes up, 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 right? Well, it but, would have been Bagley who put that in. Or, and okay. I guess this is where it gets interesting. If they were using the Marvel method, Bendis would have been captioning an already completed page and he would have added the up. And that would have, it, it would have been him playing off of Bagley putting the finger there. But if this is like kind of a standard writing style and Bagley got a script that said up, up, then he would have been the one drawing it. And I don't think he would have known that the, whoever does the lettering, Chris Iliopoulos, would bold the words up. So I think it's just a group synergy. 
I think it's huh. I think it's that Bendis wrote something and Bagley drew something and Chris Iliopoulos bolded something all in the same panel that it sets off three different stimuli in your brain for the same piece of information. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. So you don't think that they talk to each other that much when they're doing this? They just kind of get it on their desk and go? I don't know. So I don't know how they specifically worked. I don't know if this creative team used the Marvel method while they were making this. I I feel like they probably didn't, but I have heard that Bendis was one of the last people who liked to do it. Um, I don't know if they were all in office. I know today with modern technology, people who work on comics together might never even meet each other while they're like putting an issue out. Like they could be on different coasts. Wow. Wow. So it's hard to say. Um, well, I thought that this was a, uh, a pretty good issue, Zach. You know, I said lots of good in this one. The three goons, they're always great. Some good Spider-Man quips. It's always good when Spider-Man is depressed and everything's going against him. Except with Mary Jane, who he's cool with right now. So I said all good Spider-Man stuff. And I gave it an 8.5 out of 10 hands thrown at Spider-Man. Oh man, I thought we were going to use uh, names of people who know his identity oh that's actually a good one but that's can really kans is good too we'll we'll go with Sna- snapples as snapples at spider-man i didn't catch that i was a snapple yeah man eight eight snapples getting tossed at him that is a barrage <laughs> eight getting, and a half he's getting one of, them, up. one of them was just shook up and they put their thumb over it so he's like getting sprayed by it you know He's just getting shot with the cap, and like the last thing he sees yeah. before he dies is the little Snapple fact. <laughs> is that bottle cap? <laughs> yeah. Wow, the African white elephant was saved from extinction. Think. Yeah. Um, I don't think I liked this one as much as you did. There was just some things like, um, like Ox doing the Beauty and the Beast, and the just how it didn't bother me at all it bothered me and just how um serendipitous it was that mary jane came over for no reason other than to tell peter she made a list and there was it just felt and yeah but that they're they're dating zach (laughs) well i get that but you'd think they would talk about anything else um and I think if I were dating a superhero, it's all I'd ever talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fair, but that was also the problem with their relationship the first time. That's true. Um, And then like the, the Kingpin talking to his lawyer and being like, you know, who's really the problem here is these politicians out of the blue. It, it all. and And I liked him saying that also. Like like I said, I, I think I think the way I read that, I actually really liked that. It all sets up the next few issues, and it does a nice job of it, but it just does it so abruptly. It feels like a writer steering the plot instead of characters acting in character and letting the plot progress naturally. And sometimes I understand yeah. you you need to do this. You're you don't have the runway to let it happen as organically as I'm wanting, but I'm still going to give it a six out of ten. Snapples, Ooh, thrown at Spidey. 
Well, not not ouch for Spider Man. That's going to be easier to dodge than eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's great. Yeah, though. I also I liked the Kingpin stuff too. Him just standing there as his lawyer talks, and then kind of like exploding when it gets to like I I don't know I. It really reminded me of uh, the the Kingpin and Daredevil, which which I liked a lot. Yeah, they did a good job capturing his like tone. You could tell before he even said a word because he was silent for a good while. You could tell yeah. it was a silent fury that felt yeah. very much in character. And then again, yeah. that scene of Mary Jane being like, "Oh, I made I already made that list." Like that was just that fun. was awesome. And then that was. And then the like the synergy panel. That's what I'm going to start calling yeah. it. Like there were there were good things about this issue. It just yeah didn't stand out as much okay. to me. Okay. All right. Well, let's get it. Let's get into 48. Let's see what happens here. Yes. So this is by the normal creative team: Bendis, Bagley, Taber, Transparency Digital, and Chris Eliopoulos. And this one is called Suspended. And that makes a little more sense now. He just got fired. Um, so Peter is he is at the bugle. He's getting ready to leave. He's collecting all of his things, and he kind of comes into to J. Jonah Jameson's office. And what, <laughs> it's pretty goofy. He's like those zip disks, which are is that floppy disks? This is so long ago. Is that what he means? I'm not a tech guy. Maybe zip disks were their own thing. Maybe they were floppy I, disks. I think they're. I think they're like types of floppy disks. Which, for any listeners that are younger than Zach and I, they've probably never even heard of floppy disks. But it's that icon in the save button when you're in like Microsoft Word. That was a real disk that you'd save on. So anyway, Peter is like. It, it rubbed me as a little childish to be like, those are my floppy disks, and I paid for them with my own money, so I'm taking them home. And it's, it's like, they're probably like six bucks, man. It's the early 2000s equivalent of asking for, like, your USB back. Yeah. And it, maybe it does have some stuff on it that he'd want. But what, but yeah, it's, it's pretty goofy. Um, so Peter comes in to collect his stuff, and and J. Jonah Jameson says to him, you know, it, it isn't what you said, it's how you said it. And Peter's kind of biting his tongue uh, before he just unleashes into, jo- into Jonah, telling him that that's a total load. And I'm just going to read it. He says, it was how I said it. How did I say it? All I did was ask you a question. I wasn't yelling or being anything but polite. I asked you a question. You're this older man and, you know, experience you're this older man of, you know, experience. And I was asking you a question about something I didn't know the answer to. And instead of answering the question, because I guess you didn't like the answer you had, you fired me. And that's, I I actually love this part. He throws it. He goes, and that's okay. I guess. I mean, you can fire me for whatever reason you want, (laughs) but don't give me that. It's not what, it's not what I said. It's how I said it. I asked you a question and you fired me. And Jonah screams back at him. And now you're double fired. Why did you call security? That's tough, man. That voice almost what's, puts what's, you out. What's what's that guy's name? Who's that actor that, that does that? Oh, man. We can't. J.K. Simmons. Yes. He's a legend. And Peter says, try it. And 
that's pretty good also because we know he's spider-man like everything peter said is so right it's just like as a pissed off 15 year old i don't think i would be able to find those words and say it that perfectly he said it in a way that you know jameson is going to kick him out now but it's going to keep him up at night thinking man that kid was right yeah are you looking at this page i am let me draw your attention to the panel where Peter says, try it. Anything sticking out to you at that panel? Uh, is it the text is kind of grayed out like he said it under his voice? It's his voluptuous ass, Zach. He's <laughs> packing heat. Like, <laughs> my man does not skip leg day. <laughs> it's all that hopping and swinging around. Yeah. Viewers, what page is this? Like page three? Take a look. (laughs) Okay, so Peter storms out and Jonah says teenagers and man, I cannot remember his his right hand man's name. Was it? Robbie. Robbie. Okay. He said, Robbie says, so this is, you know, every time you lose an argument, you fire the person and um Basically, Robbie ends up storming out and he says, I liked you better when you drank. I'm going home. <laughs> it's a pretty crappy thing to say to someone, but <laughs> Jameson is being pretty crappy. I actually I actually thought that too. I was like, clearly he's just joking, but that actually is kind of a, a, a crappy thing to say to someone who like stopped drinking. Um, So Peter is swinging away from the bugle, thinking to himself about how Kingpin is living this huge life of luxury up in Fisk Towers. Hold on. Before that very first panel where you see him swinging, he's got this scream. Ah, It's like in red and bursting out of its text bubble. You can tell he just he was so mad. He like first thing he does change into costume, jump off the roof, and scream at the top of his lungs. Yeah, I actually didn't notice that. Good good point out. Um, So so he's swinging away, and he's thinking about Kingpin's living in this big fist, fist towers, and he, on the other hand, just got fired when he almost swings into a giant billboard of Spider-Man's face crossed out with the words, Vote Sam Bullet and the madness on it. And... Peter is kind of thinking to himself and he's like, you know what? If these guys think I'm such a big piece of crap, maybe I'll just go act like one. And um, I was hoping that he would go into Fisk Towers and cause a scene. So let's see what happens. And we see a meeting in Fisk Towers between what what I assumed was Wilson Fisk's people and the politician. But but that's that's doesn't end up being Sam Bullet, so I don't know who that is. Probably someone. I, th- I think it's like a PR consultant because he's yeah. telling the yeah he's telling the kingpin. I think you should still lay low for your image. Yeah, and there's like a couple shots of them having this meeting, and in each panel, Spider Man's just getting closer and closer to the meeting like in the background it's it's pretty good i liked it and um spider-man eventually just swings straight into the window 
And I'm guessing he's just expecting it to be a normal window that he would have broken through a million times. But this is like a Fisk Tower window, and it's probably like bulletproofed. As he like be. reinforced the glass. It's like when yeah. you go to the zoo and you see the the 800 pound gorilla just like punching the glass, and it's not yeah. cracking. <laughs> so so he just like swings into it, and he almost falls, but he manages to catch himself. And there's this pretty good panel of Kingpin just kind of standing over him, awfully smugly looking. And then the next shot, um, Peter kind of jumps back up on the glass and Kingpin just holds up his hands like that. Call me, you know, which I didn't really get. I don't know why he would. I think it might have been like one of these, like just taunting him. Oh, so you think he was more saying hang loose? He wasn't saying call me. He was saying like. Hang it's hard, loose. It's hard to tell because it's just one panel. We don't see movement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Peter's trying to break the glass. Um, well, I, I mean, he's Spider-Man, not Peter. Uh, and he's kind of saying, come out here, come face me, you son of a gun. And um, and then eventually he just like swings away because he's not making any any leeway. On, uh... <laughs> this is a scene that I've I've read a few different times in my life and every time i come across it i forget that it's coming and it makes me laugh it is a good one and i had that experience again the other day when i took my notes and then just now as you were going through it just the the (laughs) way it's paced and framed and set up where he's just swinging through the city and getting closer and closer and closer to the window and then smacks into it yeah it's pretty good yeah it's like I mean, it's like a, it's like a bird flying into it. That's what he looks uh, like. It, it you know, yeah. instead of like this like cool dignified superhero, it's like stupid Birdman. Didn't realize the window it, was it solid. Is, it, it it is because yeah, exa- It's exactly like that because you know they could have drawn that panel where he's coming from a distance and it's heroic and he smashes through the window and like saves the day. And instead, it's just like one of those. You just hear the plop and then the wiping sound of him like falling off the window. Or even um, if the first panel had him just splatting into the window, it wouldn't have been fun. It's the buildup of you see yeah. how far away he's coming from. And you can just imagine yeah. he's building all this momentum and he's so mad. <laughs> um. So So he eventually swings away and then we catch back up with Peter. He's sitting in social studies class. And the, t- the teacher says there's 10 minutes left. They don't have anything to do. Bad planning. Plan plan for your whole class, Zach. You don't plan to have 10 minutes of free time because this is what happens. You know, what's about to happen. This teacher looks pretty old, though. I bet she's retiring in a few months. She, yeah, she doesn't care. Tenure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, so the teacher says, does anyone want to discuss some current events? And Peter raises his hand and says, can we talk about how Wilson Fisk is allowed to walk around like he didn't kill someone on camera? And then the teacher has the nerve to say, what's on your mind, Mr. Parker? And he goes, the fact that Wilson Fisk killed someone on camera and is walking around. <laughs> like it's, it's just, I don't know what the teacher expected him to say. And the teacher kind of hems and haws and is like, well, the 
the court said he didn't do it, or, you know, the court said the evidence and the legal system has its flaws and checks and balances. And, and Peter's kind of like rebuking her at everything she's saying. And then she's like, she's like telling yeah. him it's not a big deal, essentially, but it's, it's said in a way where you can tell she doesn't really care about that class. She doesn't really care about that conversation. She doesn't really care about Wilson Fisk. She's just giving him answers and is like halfway participating yeah. in the conversation. And and actually that's like exactly you can't tell she doesn't care that she is she was just trying to like burn clock at the end of the day because because Peter kind of starts getting, you know, aggressive about it and she's like okay, anybody have any questions about the homework? <laughs> and that's when Peter cuts her off and and just kind of explodes and says Oh, that is such a load of crap. I'm so sick of all this this compromise. Everyone is so willing to bend over and look the other way. Uh, and then the teacher tries to stop him. She says, Mr. Parker, but he just keeps going. He says, when does this happen exactly? During college, after college, when you turn 30? When do you just give up to the point where you can actually look me in the eye and say, sure, he murders, but he's got good qualities too. And that's when the teacher says, maybe you should step outside and get a breath of fresh air. That means leave. And the whole class watches Peter uh, pack up his things and Peter storms out the door and says, fine, I think I learned enough today. What you think? I liked it. It's pretty good. I liked the last scene with Jonah. I liked I, That's this what I was scene. about to say. Or I, I guess Jonah was the first scene. So it showed yeah. Jonah and then it showed... The kingpin thing. No, that was this issue. That and was then the it first, showed this. First scene. We've seen three scenes right now, and I just love all three of them. Like these, this is like the height of what the book has been the last few episodes. He, yeah, Peter's definitely up on his moral high horse here. I, I wonder if <clears throat> I don't know. Okay, let's let's he, get into he, this. It's next. like he was trying to trying to school this teacher who's not really invested in what she's saying the same way he was trying to do with with jameson who was very well like fighting back yeah yeah well i would have expected this teacher to have a bit more it's a social studies teacher she should have some sort of ethical like opinions on the matter that she could share not just like saying these you know, like like you said, she's she's just kind of giving like generic answers. Oh well, checks and balances, and you know the legal system is blah blah. You know, whatever. But if if I were talking about this with my kids, I mean, I I I push my socialist agenda all the time with the kids. Anytime we have to talk about like owners or or players, NBA players, I'm like, well, sure, they make a lot of money, but look at how much the owners make, guys. You know, they're underpaid. Okay. So I definitely would have taken this as an opportunity to push my agenda on these children. <laughs> yeah. Or or at least just let them know your opinion of things because that's literally what yeah. they're asking for. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's all he was asking J. Jonah Jameson for also. So I, I don't these these adults, man. They freaking okay. suck. They adults suck, dude. <laughs> Okay, so we now we meet up with Peter, and he's at Aunt May's job, which I I didn't even know she was working. <laughs> Has that ever been mentioned? I thought the same. Thing. 
I've read this book probably three or four times, and I I never think about the fact that Aunt May yeah. <laughs> works or doesn't it's work. Job. What, what she does. She's just an NPC. And she says, suspended. So this is where the title of the issue comes in, obviously. And and then she says, you threatened your social studies teacher? And Peter says, no, I I didn't. Maybe I insulted her, like, accidentally. And he didn't threaten her at all. So if that's what they told Aunt May, that's a bold-faced lie by that social studies teacher. And so, so Aunt May says, but Peter... You lost your job and you got suspended in a 24-hour period. And uh, she's like, are you sure you didn't threaten her? And Peter's like, no, I I didn't threaten her, of course. Uh, And then he says, man, I did really like that job. And Aunt May says, I know, before she picks up the phone and gives J. Jonah Jameson a call. And gosh, Zexy, you've read this before, so I can't ask you, like, what it... What did you think she was going to call for? I kind of thought she was going to call and try to get his job back, which maybe she does. I think that's I what Peter thinks she's going to do, because she picks up the phone and she's <laughs> like, J. Jonah Jameson, please. And you don't know what she has to say. Yep. And um, she says, yes, hello. My name is May Parker. I'm Peter Parker's aunt and legal guardian. I just wanted to say that your behavior towards Peter was nothing short of deplorable, you shallow-minded, unconscionable piece of rat shit. No wonder no one reads your piece of crap paper, you egomaniac. Oh, and nice mustache Hitler called. He said he wants his look back. And she hangs up, and then she turns around like freaking Jamie Lee Curtis, looking like a badass, and says, Okay, so what do you want for dinner? She really does look like Jamie Lee Curtis there. She she does. Like now, like knives out Jamie Lee Curtis. Not like. Yeah. Not like like old school Jamie Lee Curtis. Like in whatever, 2004, whenever this was drawn, they had a time machine to see what she would look like just for this panel. Um, so it's, that's pretty awesome. Her and MJ are like probably my favorite characters. And Gwen. I, I do like Gwen a lot. I think that I was like, like when she's not going after Peter. <laughs> yeah. I told I think I said at one point in time, I was like, the he's got so many awesome ladies in this, yeah, he does. this series. Um and I think that was like maybe the best showing we've seen of Aunt May so far in this book. Yeah. Except for maybe like sh- a sweet moment with Gwen or something. Yeah. Um, so we then cut to Ben Urich, who's interviewing Sam Bullet, and Bullet says Spider-Man's a symbol for all those like masked people and crazy, you know, mutant people who are fighting, and they all need to go. And they kind of briefly speak about mutants, and and Bullet seems like he's not that big of a fan of mutants either. And then, as they're talking, Urich sees a picture on the mantle. And says, that's a nice picture there. And we can only see part of the picture. But we can see that it looks like... I thought it looked like a child with a humongous hulking man in the background. And they're both holding up fish. And obviously we know from the picture that that is going to be Kingpin in the picture behind him. Um, and it is a picture of Kingpin. It's It's Kingpin Bullet and their lawyer... And I thought that they were children. (laughs) 
So Yurik begins to ask about Kingpin before Bullet looks at him kind of angrily and says, I thought we had an understanding. And Yurik begins to press him just a little bit harder about his lawyers. He's like, well, you guys just have the same lawyer and, and, you know, uh, you know, there's some connections to the mob and, and Bullet kind of stumbles over his words a little bit. And eventually he grabs the tape recorder out of Yurik's hands and smashes it and says, we had an understanding. What are you? One of those smart guys? You looking for trouble? You looking to get hurt? We had an understanding. And Yurik looks pretty frightened in this. And I thought he was, but then we cut back to the bugle and Yurik is feeling pretty good about himself because it turns out he had a second tape recorder hidden on him. So he and Robbie are, are feeling, you know, kind of good about this, but J. Jonah Jameson, he's he's like, he's blaming Yurik for instigating this whole, um, you know, fight that happened with Bullet. And Jameson wants to find dude, any reason to cling to like Dude, what is up with him? Why is he being so dirty right now? That I wrote that in the notes. I said, why is he, he like comes across as like a dirty guy in this. It's, you know, there's like, almost he's something. A, he's, a, he's a shady newspaper guy, but this is like extra far, it seems. There's almost something prescient about a comic 20 years ago predicting a politician who just tells people what they want to hear and plays into their fears. And those people immediately abandon all rational thought to follow that person. Because yeah. that's what that's what's happening with Jonah right now. Like, yeah, Sam Bullet is like, hey, I'm the guy who hates Spider-Man. And he's like, got it. I'm with you to the end of the world. <laughs> I so that's you're making that comparison to like Trump. Right. And how that they like join Trump because he says whatever they want to hear. Or, or is that? Yes, it's a very I, it's a very cult of personality okay. thing. I think, you know, Bullet, I think sadly, the point Bendis was probably making 20 years ago was it's just always been like this, you know, like it was like that back then also. And it was like that for they're always dirty, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, but obviously with Trump, you know, it's 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 a bit extra, but. This is the number one politics podcast for comic book fans. So, <laughs> well, this episode it is. This is a very political episode. Yeah, yeah. this issue um, felt to me like it could have been written by Aaron Sorkin. It, it, <laughs> yeah, all we were missing was a good walk and talk scene down a hallway, and <laughs> and it would have been right there. Um, but but yeah, Jay Jay Jonah Jameson is is being pretty dirty in this, and um. So Robbie asks him, Jonah, seriously, all of this just to hang a guy in a costume? What is your problem with Spider-Man? And just then we see that J. Jonah Jameson gets a phone call from none other than May Parker. And Jonah listens to, we can, we just see that Jonah is listening to May rip him a new one as he stares at the vote Sam Bulla ad with Spider-Man's face crossed out. And... What do you think is going through with his little, it's not really a Hitler mustache, but you know, it's fine. But with his little mustache on f full display, but what what's going through his head here, Zach? Cause if I think if it anything, could be read a couple has, different ways. Yeah. If anything, he actually has no hair right under his nose. So if he kissed Hitler, yeah, their, <laughs> their mustaches wouldn't touch. They would, that would be, 
That'd be pre- they're, they're like little puzzle pieces. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, his facial expressions are, they're meant to be interpretive. Um, okay. We're not supposed to know what he's thinking, otherwise we'd so have obviously some words or his, something. So, wait a minute. Obviously, his facial expressions are not supposed to be obvious. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yes. We are. Okay. Clearly, it's unclear. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, well, what do you think? I think he's starting to question his ways. Yeah, okay. That's what I think, too. I think this next issue, we might see uh, a JJJ change of heart, and I think I'm going to love it when that happens. I don't know that I'd call it a change of heart, but it it just looks like like enough people have planted the seeds of doubt in him. I also really like that it's it seems to be May Parker's angry like speech that gets to him here at the end everyone else he's just been able to brush off but but for some reason may parker he's like damn this old bat she got me (laughs) that is funny because remember she's also talked to him one other time when he hired peter and she was like hand him the phone and we don't really know what she said but she like chewed him out and was like right and he was isn't he just on the other line like Okay, all right. He's uh, like, yes, ma'am. Okay, all right. I understand. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I said it was another another pretty good one. Um, eight out of eight, eight and a half out of ten days suspended from school. Yeah. Any reason for that? Um, I mean, I just thought it was a good one. You know, we we. These two issues kind of blended together, even even thinking back on them. But but let's see. I mean, scene to scene, they were just all great, right? Like Peter's just yelling at Pete, like he's yelling at J. Jonah Jameson, and then he's yelling at his teacher, and he's like, you know, then we get to go see him hang out with Aunt May at her job, which is cool because we didn't know that she had a job. <laughs> it looks like a call center, maybe. Um, so wh- when did he when did he go to to Kingpin and Kingpin gave him was that th- that was this issue also we see Kingpin's tower above him at the tower which is pretty that's a good shot so it was just a lot of good stuff yep I concur it was what what'd you say was the the scale we're using out of ten days suspended from school I'm giving this a ten out of ten days suspended from oh, school that's good. Um, I, I haven't like given one of those in a while honestly. I didn't want to say it, but as I remembered it, there was like a drop off in quality in this series Ooh. kind of after the after the um the King last storyline. Well, I was going to say after the last uh, goblin arc, you know, when he threw Mary Jane over the over the bridge, I've kind of felt like it was lagging. And that was like what I had remembered about it. And it's fine because I still think these are good issues. I still think they're worth reading. And I know it picks up at other points that I like more. But I just had always thought of this as like an era of the issues. Like, the you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's, that's kind of a slog. And then this one oh, came in so. that I had totally forgotten about. And I loved every single scene. I loved every single line. And it's funny that you say the last one blended together with this one because I read them back to back and thought, man, that second one could not have been any more different. Because interesting. Remember, I said about the last one, it felt like the plot was driving what the characters were doing. And so it felt unnatural. This is the exact opposite. This is characters 
in a world where the pieces have already been set up in place and these characters are just acting as they should being their best yeah. selves and that's what's you know moving the story yeah i loved I it i can't wait to see i so did i i can't i the only thing i would want is uh you know I, i'm obviously looking forward to that spider-man kingpin showdown yes and then it also got really political which i kind of forgot was ever a theme in this this book but it's not really that political Right? I mean, it doesn't ever mention, like, Democrats or Republicans or any issues at all. I mean, right? Mary Jane was like, politician. hey, campaign finance, you can look up the, the rich <laughs> bastards that, that own this guy. <laughs> that is true. She's like, well, all of those politicians are bought. It's called campaign finances, by the way. <laughs> this is like This is like Bendis just totally inserting himself into this. Hey, Peter, Peter, you should really Google campaign finance law if you need more information on this. <laughs> hey, Peter, do you think Spider-Man can do anything about Citizens United? <laughs> I was actually thinking thinking of that when we were just making these jokes, and I was like, oh, I don't think Citizens United happened yet. But if it had, that's definitely what this would have been like commenting on. Barbie has a reference Obama, to it, yeah. and I thought that was funny. Does it? Yeah. That is really funny. Um. Have, do you still listen to Pod Save America? No, not in so long. Dude, I hopped off after a while because I was like, these guys are just shills for like the corporate wing of the Democratic Party. Like, I don't want to hear again that you think Biden's actually doing everything he can. Like, shut yeah. up. But now that they're like talking about polls and stuff again, I've hopped so on a little bit more. But okay, they still <laughs> their biggest thing is just. Hey, Trump sucks. Hey, Chris Christie said this funny, dumb thing. Let's talk about that. Let's dunk on him all the time. And it's like, yeah. there's never any solutions. <clears throat> that's that's why. I, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to America. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no solutions. It's kind of funny um, and it's yeah, kind that's of like entertaining. exactly why I stopped listening also. Because it was like, this is just the same stuff every day. And I don't have like the, I don't know can't do politics as much anymore yeah. i know that this is the number one political podcast for comic book fans but man it just sucks it we, just, get, we get a bunch of listeners in other countries tell us about your politics over there you know <laughs> i'll get into like some other type of politics <laughs> zach you know what's going on in sweden right now no what i don't know maybe one of our listeners will clue us in <laughs> Are they the one, what's the European country that has, like, a hot young prime minister, and her big scandal is that she used to party? Oh my god, that is the Isn't it socialist like country of, is that Finland? Is that the, is that, or Norway? Or, I thought maybe Norway. Or Denmark, or, or, it's one of those socialist countries. The other day on Twitter, I saw some, like, MAGA bot weirdo just in my recommended you know because okay, not norway because elon musk Finland. wants you Let's to see, see their tweets not they were like me. talking about her they're like this socialist this young socialist leader used to party and i'm like is this supposed to make me not love her because like that's cool shit <laughs> <laughs> it is finland finland's 36 year old prime minister santa marin 
has apologized a second time for enjoying herself at a nightclub on her own time. <laughs> I am human, she told reporters as she fought back tears. Wait, so she's 36? Uh, last year she was. So she's old enough, if she could get dual citizenship, to run for president here. No, you have to be a national citizen. You have to be a, a natu- natural citizen to be president in America. Listen, if they were going to make a loophole dude. for Ted Cruz, they need to make a loophole for her. Was Ted Cruz not born in America? Who was it? There was some... That was Obama. He was no, born no, it wasn't Obama. It was like a Republican. <laughs> and I'm it was like they were born at like a, a military base somewhere. Well, Obama was born at a military base, I think. So, but it might have been. But Hawaii. it was in Hawaii. Maybe. Yeah. No, there, there was like um, a Republican politician. That's right. I do. I do remember this. But that's allowed. That's not a loophole. That's allowed. <sighs> Sucks. <laughs> we should be able to import yeah. talent from other countries. That's true. Yep. <laughs> Boy, this went off the rails. <laughs> yeah. What the hell were we talking about? The issues. Um. Okay, well, no, I think we finished the issues. Do you have anything else with them? I we don't. We get some more Kingpin next week? Um, Yes, I think we do. So next week's going to be weird. I believe we get a double-sized issue. Um, Ooh. So we've got 49 and 50. And 50 is, because it's, you know, a big number, they had to do a special issue for it. Oh, I like it. Okay, nice. Well, that'll be good. Okay, yeah. you got anything else you want to talk about? Any more, like, I don't know, prime ministers or, or <laughs> politics or stuff you want to get into? Nah, man, I'm all tapped out. <laughs> I think right. I am, too. Oh, you know what? I did tell you before the uh, the podcast started. One other reason. Gosh, Wednesday was so annoying. I got my tooth out, and I had to take baby Billy. That's the That's the kitten's name for anyone, for any listeners who want to know. I had to take baby Billy to get neutered. And he ended up like ripping his glue open where they micro tat. So it was just a huge pain of it over the past couple of days. But Zach doesn't know where baby Billy, the name comes from. And, and it's from a show called righteous gemstones, which is maybe the funniest show on TV. Zach, you have to watch it. It's on HBO max and it's got, just so many funny famous people it's got john goodman danny mcbride and that guy from workaholics adam divine oh Is yeah that his name yeah. i don't know along with like a ton of other people who are just like hilarious in it but they are they are they're a family who run like a mega church that's like you know like one of the big scam mega churches and it's basically like their life and it's it's just so funny you just have to watch it. And yeah. and one of the characters in that is named Baby Billy, and he's like the best character in the show. Nice. So th- that was a name so good. It beat out it Voldemort stuck. and Kitty McCatface and what were the it, others? It's it, it stuck. Black Cat. Rocket. Rocket, yeah. It was almost Rocket, and then... And then we it was just going to be nothing. We- we were watching an episode of, of Righteous Gems, Gemstones, Baby Billy and I were, and, and Baby Billy was on the screen just being hilarious, and I was like, that's it. That's you. <laughs> yep. Well, awesome. 
uh, send baby Billy my love. Is he feeling better now? Yes, he's feeling great. He's totally fine. Good. Yep. Yep. I don't have anything else, though. All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for for submitting your names that didn't get chosen. Um, yeah. We'll have to next do that time. again next next cat. Yep. Yeah, for either of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. mine, are, mine have to be X-Men names, but we could still do. We could still take submissions. Yeah, they could do that. Yeah. I, a good Logan cat. Zach, if you, you need a boy. Yeah, I what I really want is I want a dog named Bishop. I think that's a good. Oh, that's good. Good dog that's name. Really good. Good subtle yep. X Men name. Yep, that's a really good one. Yeah. Okay, let's take it out on that note. All right, take us away. Thank you to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork, and thank you all, our loyal Webhead listeners, for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. And, and you know, Zach, I was going to throw in this time, you know, tell a friend, tell a coworker. Is there anyone else you'd want to tell? Tell your enforcers. Tell your, yeah. Tell your enforcers. Yep. Okay. I think that does it. So tell those people and you can tell them that they can find us at the first read ultimate Spider-Man podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can also come and chat with us on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube at Ultimate Spider Man Podcast. See you next week. Mm-hmm.